0: Hello and welcome back to another great episode of Riff Review where we cover the LCS every week during the splits. Like always, my name is Sean Britton, creator slash host of this show, and this last week of the LCS is, well, the last week of the regular season for the LCS for the spring split. Um, now, of course, I'm going to do episodes for the playoffs for the LCS and then of course, when we get to MSI, I'll be covering that. So, you know, very exciting time of the year. We have playoffs and then right into an international tournament it is always pretty exciting. Uh, this week, of course, we're talking about the games of week six and then, you know, looking a little bit into the playoffs, probably my most uh, favorite part of this this um, episode. So make sure you you know listen for that. And then we'll talk about MVP race and things like that. So let's jump into it. Let's go into week six, day one, or or Friday, as most people call it. Well, the first game we had was COG versus Cloud Nine, and um, this one was pretty interesting to start off the week. You know, uh, most people, including myself of course, thought that this would be a pretty typical game. Um, meaning that Cloud9 was probably going to win in a significant matter. But, you know, COG rewrote the script for the LCS and kind of gave us a, a you know, a, they they popped out a win against Cloud9, which is, you know, always exciting to see for an underdog. But for one, the teams that we are hopeful that might go into playoffs, I mean, not playoffs, but not going to MSI for us, a little concerning. If you look at it with that aspect, but you know, Cloud Nine playing their worst game of the split, and then you know, COG probably playing their best game in the split. Well, you know, that equals a COG win. Cloud Nine looked like kind of like Golden Guardians out there, um, getting caught out, not playing together for most of the game. They they have looked mortal for these last two weeks or so in the regular season, Uh, and this is you know just uh, another compounding game on top of that. uh, Their struggles. In these last two weeks, CLG on the other hand, even with the draft against them, um, they played their comp strength. You know, Wild Turtle got super far ahead on his Tristana, and Reese soaked a lot of pressure in these team fights from Cloud9. So, you know, early in the game, Wild Turtle was getting all these kills for CLG, getting this, um, pushing these advantages for him and his team. But once it came to these late game fights, you know, Cloud9 knew Wild Turtle was their strength, but um, Why they were killing him off, you know, other COG members like Pole Belter on his Lucian was actually doing tons of damage. Now, we've we've seen comps before with it, a, like a Tristana and Lucian or, you know, just two ADCs on it. And sometimes, especially with the Lucian mid, it doesn't work out because for some reason, some teams pick Lucian mid with a Tristana or another ADC bot into, like, these heavy tank teams, but luckily for COG, they weren't that um, small-minded and didn't pick a double ADC team into um, a heavily tanky team. Um, So while, let me get back to my point, while Cloud9 was focusing Tristana, you know, they're doing the right things of focusing him these in these late-game fights because, you know, he was doing most of the damage. Well, Pole Belt there, you know, really stepped up. Um, It was really contributing um I, I believe in one of the fight the leg game of the fights he, he did like like 7K or 8K to like wild turtles like 304 and that's not taking anything away from Wild turtle but like I've said before many times already you know he's just soaking up a lot of that pressure from cloud nine um so CoG you know also had some of the, maybe the best macro I've seen from an lCS team um in this spring split which is kind of interesting to say about CoG because we you know most of most of the week COG, you know, finds some lead at some point in this game and then finds a way later in that game to kind of throw it away. So kind of the opposite of best macro, probably the worst macro in, in, in most of their games. But in this one small instance, in this pocket, in this one game against Cloud9, um, they were having really good macro, you know, not letting, uh, or, you know, giving Cloud9 one Cloud Drake late in the game so they could get, you know, three to four towers in exchange, and that was pretty late into the game. Um, you know, it's a pretty good trade and a pretty good um, observation from COG within the game. Like, look, you know, Cloud9's not anywhere close to Dragon Soul. Let's give them this one dragon. They're all there, and this push for these towers so we can, you know, get into the base and in um, the game. While they did end the game on that push, it really helped them open up the map even more and uh, break into the enemy's base, which... Um, with a comp like Trishana you know it could be she does take towers easily but in actual siege with with Lucian um, as her counterpart it could be a little hard to actually siege against a team um, they also did play the side lanes a little bit off later in the game COG did um, so that's like one critique from them in this game um, and they did get caught out a couple times um, so at least that's showing Cloud9 was still trying to make these proactive plays Um, around the map and trying to find a way into this game so i you know Cloud9 wasn't a dead fish throughout this whole game but i think overall cog was doing um, a pretty good job um after cog was getting caught a couple times the game kind of got into a lull state which tends to happen with these longer games um but it still got a very clean win over a seemingly very good team overall cloud9 looked really flat in this game um not a good start off for the week, for the last week for Cloud9 with the playoffs, you know, just coming around the corner and Cloud9 coming off that rocky week five. It, it did not, it wasn't a good start for Cloud9 in, in this last week for them. And then for COG, even though they are out of the playoffs, it's uh, good to see that these bottom tier teams are still um Competing and fighting, and you know, in this game, finding wins against these top-caliber teams. So it makes the uh, these last weeks a little bit more enjoyable to watch. All right, let's move to the second game of Friday. We have Evil Geniuses versus TSM. Another upset. Um, this time, Evil Geniuses rolls over TSM. Now, of course, EG beating TSM is not as big as an upset as COG beating Cloud Nine. Impact had a really huge game on Aatrox in the game, you know, eight zero eight with a hundred percent kill participation. That's probably the craziest thing from that stat line, or from this game, is the hundred percent participation from um, from Impact. You know, this win felt uh, more of a stomp from EG than COG over Cloud Nine. Um, they were just more dominant throughout the game and on like COG, where they had a, a couple of lulls throughout their game. And, um, Evil Genius just never really had that kind of lull state in the game um, to give TSM really a uh, a chance to come back or anything like that. Um, TSM really struggled from the get-go with Impact being fed to the wolves of Impact slash Jizuke. Um, Golden Garden. I mean, wow. Gordon Gardens, who am I talking about? Evil Genius is really punished TSM for last picking Sion into Aatrox by Impact calling for dives. He, he talked about that in the Um, post game interview you know who's calling for dives against this scion and shizuke came up came up multiple times to do that you know opening the lane for himself and for his team you know getting towers um for, for the overall team once evil geniuses got their lead in the side lanes they kept the pressure on tsm always pushing their side lanes on tsm so they were always responding and forced to be reactive, You know, not really starting fights like they wanted to um, for TSM. Overall, really good showing from Evil Geniuses. This is how they want to win games. You know, just okay on something that they can roam and impact, causing problems in that top lane, I think is how Evil Geniuses see their re- recipe for success moving forward and throughout this whole split. Um, just the consistency for this team, that's that's the problem um, they've, they've had throughout this whole split. And while they, I think, ended with a okay-ish record you know they did end up in that sixth place spot so it'll be interesting to see how they do in a best of five we'll talk about playoffs a little bit more but you know just a little a little sneak peek but it'll be interesting to see how evil geniuses um holds up in a best of five and see if they can be more consistent um throughout one day in, in five games so let's move on to the next game we have 100 thieves versus immortals um the I, I, this is why I have it in my notes. I said the game that would never start because we had the, the problems uh, <laughs> starting the game. But it did end with 100 Thieves winning. Uh, Immortals had a really good comp and theory in the first act. But they, they had a remake of this game eventually. Uh, but when the game actually started, they came out with a Karma udir Lucian, another Lucian, in a vein. Um, so kind of similar to what um, happened in... The prior game where we had the Tristana in um, Tristana and Lucian, but now we have the Vayne. I like the uh, Tristana. Most people like the Tristana a little bit more. She is, of course, a little bit stronger in the early games, better tower taker overall, um, and the Karma top. It, this this draft didn't really work for me at all. Um, I think it was a little too cute from Immortals, and especially for with them trying seemingly trying to fight for a uh, playoff spot. It was kind of questionable draft now of course if it had worked then it had worked and maybe I would be saying something different but with the outcome that we got you know it was even even before the game started or right before or right when the game started you know it, it was a little questionable on Immortals side um, well I think Immortals could have taken the game off 100 Thieves 100 Thieves aren't any world beaters I think 100 Thieves are pretty competent uh, against a, a team comp like this they, they even showed it their draft, and they're drafting they picked a pretty standard team fighting comp, which I would pick against You know the, the comp they were faced against. Just rolling over them, pushing yourselves onto this team is what I would want to do too, because they don't have that much great engage. Um, while they do have some shielding and they can go very really fast, um, it doesn't really help you when, when you're dead, um, how fast you're going. Um, 100 Thieves was the team fighting advantage early in this game. Um, Pretty much off the back of Closer running around on his um uh, focusing dragons like he always does, you know, throughout this whole set. But he also did you know, two ginks back to back, which is a pretty rare sight from Closer, um, which you know really helped set up him nicely. Um, Immortals was in every really in a good position to make proactive plays. Of course, you know, with the hop they had, it was kind of hard to make too many proactive plays. But still, uh, Thieves put him in a rough spot to make try to even make these those type of plays. After getting behind, with their only engage really being that Alistar. So when his combo was down, Immortals, you know, were just kind of sitting ducks, praying for Rays would carry on his vein. You know, he was farming up. He didn't really die too much in, in the early game. So there was that potential. And, you know, at least in one fight, we did see that potential, you know, realize where... While Immortals already defending two inhibs down. Reyes, you know, did get to live long enough in one of these fights to actually do some damage. Um, I, you know, this was like Immortals, one small glimmer of hope. It was really fun to see uh, a van pop off late, you know, later into the game. But still, um, all you know, they got an, actually got the Elder Dragon off that that fight for Immortals. So you know, it looked pretty helpful. But all Hunter Thieves did was just kind of wait it out. They just Didn't engage immortals when they had that buff, and which you know I think is a pretty good thing because with the vein with the elder buff, you know, you never know what might happen in one of those fights. But then after that buff expires, they engage onto immortals, really focusing down rays this time. They kill him instantly and then win the game off that. Overall, 100 Thieves played a pretty calculated game. Um, Being very cautious at the end when pushing not to overextend um, shows good growth for the team right before playoffs, I think. And Immortals, I think, just really kind of trolled in this game. And, you know, of course, missed playoffs because, not just because of this game, but it it was not a good start for the weekend for Immortals. Alright, next game we have Team Liquid versus Dignitas, a game I was really excited to watch, very quickly became a painful one to watch because of course throughout this whole split and not just me, a lot of people have become, you know, kind of, if you want to call them bandwagon, whatever. I'm um, not like a Dignitas really had that many fans before this, so you know, I'll say I'm a fan right now of Dignitas. Um, but yeah it was a painful game to watch if you're rooting for Dignitas or even hoping for a competitive game from Dignitas which of course I was hoping for. Team Liquid had control for most of this game. The early game was a little slow with only one kill in the first 15 minutes. And of course, those fans, that's kind of uh, a little boring to watch most of the time. But if you're looking at it from an analytical standpoint, I think it was actually quite impressive what Team Liquid was doing in this early game. Um, you know, They got a 2-3k goal lead without really having to kill uh, you know a lot of people. Um, and that's how most people... Most LCS, most pros, most most people in solo duo queue get, you know, these leads in the early game. You know, you're killing the enemy 10 times. You have an absurd goal lead. And while they didn't have, you know, anything like a 5k goal lead or anything, um, you know, they were, one, they were just laning better than digging a toss overall. Um, two, they had a little bit better objective control or just map pressure. Um, and then 3-9 plays from the enemy that it, uh, that is trying to make, I think, is a uh, really big point one two. Um I think Team Liquid showed some of these in this game. You know, having a sizable lead at 15 minutes without relying on getting kills um, shows some growth from Team Team Liquid. You know, you, you never... I'm not saying that Team Liquid was super dominant in the like, early game, but you never want to be, depending on just one play style... Throughout, you know, early game, mid game, or late game, you know, you always want to have some um, ability to adapt th- throughout the game, or be able to right before the game, you know, be able to draft a certain way so you're set up. Um, you know, maybe you're a scaling team, or maybe you're focusing early game, but you know, whatever. Um, but once again, uh, pretty good growth for Team Liquid in, in that aspect. Um, you know, for the rest of the game, Dig and toss did get some dragons, Team Liquid were just finding more opportunities around the map to catch Dignitas out to get kills, um, and they turned that into more jungle pressure, objective control, overall, pretty sound win for Team Liquid against a good opponent in Diggintoss, you so know, no slouches, um, so, you know, just, and I think that's what we were expecting and hoping to see from Team Liquid is that they kind of take, um... A bigger leap against you know some of these better opponents you know right before playoffs you know we a lot of people have have um, high hopes from team liquid maybe right now a lot most people will i would assume will probably take cloud nine to go msi or not but the second one definitely if not the first would be that team liquid so they have a lot of um you know pressure in these playoffs to to really perform well and i think this is a this is a good starting point for them The last game of Friday was FlyQuest versus Gordon Guardians. And look, I don't want to say this game doesn't matter. Um, You know, both these teams didn't make playoffs, weren't going to make playoffs. Um, So I I did watch like half the game, but I'm not going to do a a, a good in depth analysis of it. Um, But you know, FlyQuest won, so good for them, I guess. Um, uh, Strong way to end this split or something like that. Okay, let's move to Saturday. We have TSM versus Immortals. Um, TSM with a pretty solid conference win against uh, Immortals. They, they kind of, not this whole, I don't think Immortals' whole draft this game was troll, but they do pick that cane. Um, for, it was just a little, once again, a little just too cute for me. And maybe that's maybe Immortals was just trying things this week. You know, even though they had a chance at the start of the week to make playoffs, but it, they just tried things that they haven't really tried before, and... Um, in the last five weeks of play. So it's a little head scratching for Immortals. Uh, I don't think a lot of people would talk about it because, um, you know, it is Immortals and people, honestly, were just expecting them not to make playoffs. But, you know, if, you, if you're just looking at it with, you know, they, they had a decent chance of, of making playoffs if they, you know, had won these games this weekend. But just so far with these two games, in, in, I just don't think they, they put the best foot forward um but you know just get more into this after game versus tsm um you know, uh, the cane you know he did get some early kills but uh, i don't think it was effectively used uh cane was you know when you pick Kane you want to you know get kills become a big problem run around the map um most of the time in the lcs or pro scene they're, go, they're going red cam so a little tankier so even in fights you're still doing really good damage but you're just a, a real Menace in these fights are really hard to first of all like put down unless you have a lot of CC and then you know he has that that healing with his kit so I just didn't see that for him you know he got some early kills he seemed pretty content with that and this didn't really try to push um that pressure or advantage he had Um, you know this late into the season TSM just looked like a, a better put together team a better unit than Immortals Overall, I think, you know, TSM did a good job not slipping up and losing this game. Not too much else to say about this game. Um, just good that, like I said before, just good that TSM didn't kind of catch themselves in a, in a sleep against a team that they probably assumed they were going to beat, but they beat them, you know, pretty solidly um, in this matchup. Next, we have Cloud9 versus Digintos. Another big game for Digintos. They did have a pretty tough week. Um... With their matchups, but sadly they lose again. This time to Cloud Nine, another game where Siren suffers in the in, in the landing phase and gets bullied. Cloud Nine gets a convincing win against the top team in Dignitas. After losing three straight for Cloud Nine, you know they finally get a win, so that's good. Against once again a pretty um, competent opponent in Dignitas, um, Cloud Nine finds some early kills on Dignitas, and well, Derek was playing Udir, who's not um, really known for his early game plays so and we've seen him play or do before and, and popped off just it wasn't those games where he really got to do a lot you know in the zoria stages or just throughout the whole game cloud nine play a pretty safe game for them really playing around the dragon soul in this game not really going for too many aggressive or too many plays around the map um they were which you know in the lcs and the pro scene a lot of teams especially lay in the game they'll fire round dragon and kind of just walk around for the next five minutes until that next one spots. And that's what Cloud Nine kind of did in this game. Um, like I kind of talked about Team Liquid before, it is comforting to see Cloud Nine not just rely on their one playstyle where Blabber just hard stomps through the game and they kind of just went off of that. It is it is good that they took a little bit, you know, took a little step back, played more around the objectives, played, um, you know to what they their strengths were in the team and still got a pretty good win. You know, it's good to see that they had a ruffle in the game playing. toss on the other hand didn't ever really seem in this game like stated before with their big early play um, playmaker Dardok on Udir the team didn't really get anything done that early stage and I think toss really relies on not just Dardok but just relies on you know some early game advantages for the team. Um, to really get rolling in those later stages um, in, in the team fights for themselves. In the past weeks, like I said, uh, Dignitas has really leaned on those uh, Dardox's ability to do that for them. Um, overall, I think Cloud9 had a solid showing in helping them secure first place for the playoffs. Dignitas, on the other hand, just need to try to be more proactive, um, especially against teams like Cloud9, because you can't rely on your team fighting ability, which Dignitas is, is a pretty good team-fighting team fighting team. With, you know neo and Aphromoo, um being a uh, really good bot lane for them and really showing up in, the, in these late game team fights for them but when you're down 10k it doesn't really matter how good you're at team fighting because most likely you're just going to lose those fights um, so let's move on to 100 thieves versus FlyQuest. Uh, in this game it was FBI robust and oh boy did um, FBI come to play today 100 thieves look like they're getting back to the earlier weeks version of themselves not necessarily how they're playing because they're playing a little bit more they're playing more around fbi in these last two weeks and in those earlier weeks while they said we're using fbi they weren't solely relying on him to be that big carry for them and i think they were still putting good uh, amount of responsibility on sunday do that not so much damonte but damonte was moving around the map you know with those galleys and tfs and then of course once those got banned out more frequently they moved ryoma who's more of a mage player so I think now right right now Ryoma is just kind of there for those late game team fightings or just you know team fighting in, in itself, and he has found some advantages, but they're not really putting that weight on him to be to be the carry. And I'm glad they're not trying to do that because for someone that just coming back into the LCS, of course he's been here before, but coming back to LCS after you know a decently long um, hiatus from it, I don't think the caliber. If ryoma's playing that would we'll, we'll be able to handle that but you know fbi and, and who he has really stepped up for this team someday especially in the last week it's kind of weird someday days has been kind of falling off from uh the carry standpoint but then fbi has been filling that hole so it's good for 100 thieves that you know someone is filling that hole for them especially right at the end of the season and you know i think fbi does have the capability to do that in the playoffs and i don't know if about for a whole best of five series but we'll kind of go in that more later um but you know they they do Hunter thieves do funnel a lot of resources into fbi this game they give him a lot of solo turret plays you know they, they also try to make just plays around him on his side of the map whether he's top or bot um throughout the game I, I think that's them recognizing in this game that FBI is the carry, and just overall that right now he seems to be the, their focal point. Um, you know, FBI ended the game 12-1-6. Closer also showed more ganking in the early stages, just like their um, previous game in, in the split. So it's crazy enough, it does seem, when when Closer is being a little bit more proactive, uh, ganking in the early stages, the, the, the game's a little easier for 100 Thieves. Now I'm not saying that, Kozai has been bad throughout the whole split, but he has been a bit more objective-focused, and of course that has also helped 100 Thieves in different ways, you know, getting earlier Dragon Souls and stuff, but in their losses, you know, sometimes we'll see Closer not really doing a lot um, for his team, and I think him showing, especially in this last week, um, the ability and and, and the wantiness, uh, I don't don't know if that's a word, but the wantiness to actually gank uh, more frequently for his team. It is a good sign overall for them heading into playoffs. Um, but, you know, those ganks really did help up set Ryoma for the rest of the game. And set Palafox on his TF really far back. You know, not letting him really roam like he wants to on that TF during throughout the game. Um, overall, Hunter Thieves looked pretty solid in this game. They didn't look like the best at any part of the game, like overall. Like, I don't think like, they're the best Team fighter in the LCS. I don't think they're the best um, objective control team, but I do think you know they're one of those top teams. So they would need to ramp up that for the playoffs. To, um, you know, try to be one of those, the best team at, at one particular thing, because that's what you're going to have to do against a team like Team Liquid or, or Cloud9 or TSM, some you know those type of teams when you face them. I do want to give though, some I've been talking about 100 Thieves a lot in this game, but FlyQuest you know, on their side, I do want to give some some props to Licorice. He he did have a uh, pretty good showing on his gnar. Um he, he really did honestly he did carry um Flyquest in some of these fights. It's just that you know he wasn't feeling sp- he wasn't building the split push Nar so he, he can only do so much in these team fights. I mean he was getting a lot of kills and, and getting some good ults off It's just that it kind of seemed like it was licorice and then the other four Flyquest players just kind of behind him. Um but I wanna give him some props because you know, he did, he did good. Um, Alright, next game we have Team Liquid versus Evil Geniuses. A, a pretty ugly win for Team Liquid. Um, you know, They had a very clean early game against Evil Geniuses, but in the mid game, that's where things started to get sloppy, you know, tactical. This game was playing super aggressive and died. And died for it many times, um, stopping multiple plays that Team Liquid was trying to do, and gave Evil Geniuses some windows where they could, you know, have gone back into this game and did get back into this game. I think if this game was closer, um, Evil Geniuses could have pulled it off. Just Team Liquid had such a huge lead coming out of that early game that it was. Even with Tactical kind of running it down at them, it was still a little hard for Evil Geniuses to fully come back in this game. But after Tactical, surprisingly, after Tactical stopped dying, Team Liquid um, does end the game pretty fast, showing that you know when they're playing smart, they know what to do and and how to act and come out on top. Evil Geniuses, Evil Geniuses, on the other hand, um, you know another game slash day where we see the other side, the ugly side of Evil Geniuses, where um, you know, during their Friday game they really showed up against TSM uh, but against Team Liquid they look like the are totally different team Impact got really punished on his Renekton which is interesting because he did just the day before really good on his Aatrox um, and then uh, Sven didn't really do anything in that jungle position throughout this whole game and then the bot lane was just getting pushed down by that super aggressive Chastrana so I guess that's one good thing she did in the early game she was um, you know making Evil Geniuses bot lane, you know kind of just play near or bu- Behind their tower, um, a pretty underwhelming for a team that showed glimmers of being a top team. Talking about, talking about Evil Geniuses, um, we we've seen glimmers, you know, throughout the throughout the season of Evil Geniuses being able to take down teams like Cloud Nine and, and Team Liquid and whatnot. Um, just overall, um, Team Liquid can't play like this um, if they want a chance in the playoffs against um, you know Cloud Nine TSM. Um, you know, if they want a real chance at MSI, they're going to have to clean it up a lot before before then. So, last game of Saturday, just like the last game of Friday. Well, actually, the last game of Friday I did watch. This one I just didn't watch because it was, once again, it was, um, Gordon Guards and C O G And this one actually didn't matter for the, for the standings. Um, so I just didn't watch this one at all. Sue me, okay? There's a lot of games. I can miss one or two out of the fifteen, um, in, in the last week. So moving on to Sunday, the last day of the spring split. Um, it the first game was FlyQuest versus Ding Toss coming Toss into this game zero and two, a bit rough of the week. You know they did have some strong opponents, but this is the game. You know, looking at the schedule before for the week, well they should at least go one and two, right? Well, now Ding Toss do win this game. But they really had no business of doing so. You know, FlyQuest was in control from pretty much all of this game. Um, now, in my notes, I have Neo is the only reason Ding Toss won, but it's really just Ding Toss' bot lane was the only reason Ding Toss won. Putting everyone else on their backs in this last team fight, you know, A. move gets a good engage off on Johnson and Palafox, who were really hard carrying for FlyQuest. They just find him in a bad spot he gets a good engage off on his Alistar and then Neo f- follows that up and gets them killed and then kind of kills the rest of, of FlyQuest and I do think you know some teams after they get a big ace like this and super late into the game you know the, the timer that time is really long on FlyQuest I think some teams would have been discontent of getting you know the then Hib Tower and then one in Hib, but Ding toss saw the timers and knew they could rush down the Nexus, um, and that's what they did. You know, they um, can't really give Dingta too much credit though for this win. I mean, most of the times they lose this game ninety nine times out of a hundred, um, but a good engage off. But one good engage, you know, really won this game for them. For FlyQuest, a real boom moment. Honestly, they they didn't play too bad overall for the for the team they are. Um, you know, sure, they they gave a lot of kills over for Ding toss but most of the time, Ding toss wasn't really doing too much after getting those kills um, on FlyQuest. You know, FlyQuest how much of the map control, um, objective control throughout this game. Just in that last fight, Dinktoss' bot lane was, you know, able to find a window to kill FlyQuest's damage dealers. So, you know, in a best-of-one, it does hurt, but I don't really think it reflects on how FlyQuest was doing up until that point. Um, so, I... I I would, if I was cast, I would still take a lot away from this game. Just of course that last leg game team fight just didn't go their way, so unfortunately they didn't win. But you know they should have. Uh, overall, Dying Toss still holds on to their their chances after this game of top four finish, and of course they, didn't, um, of course they didn't get it. But um, you know they, they would have to do a lot of work to get to MSI coming into the playoffs. Next game we have Team TSM versus Golden Guardians. Once again, TSM gets a pretty dominant win over Gordon Guardians. Gordon Guardian Niles gets a camped in the early game again and dies. He makes, but it's not just that him you know dying on a tower. He made a pretty questionable TP. It was actually a, just a terrible TP um, from him. And then right as he TPS, he, he dies instantly. So now he has to walk back to, to land, putting him even more um, behind than he already was. Um, TSM. And the spring split on a high note, crushing a team they should crush. I think that is pretty important, especially late in the season, for teams higher in the standings to crush these teams that they should be crushing. I mean, Golden Guardians, you know, right now are the last place team in the LCS. So TSM, you know, the second or third um, team in the standings, should be able to to crush Golden Guardians in, in a best of one. And that's what they did. You know, they had full control during this game and overall, you know, well done. Uh, GG, you know, you know, time to get ready for playoffs, TSM. Um, all right, next game, yeah, uh, Team Liquid versus 100 Thieves, you know, back-to-back games where we get a clean game from the winner, um, which is interesting because there's the day before, Team Liquid did not have a very clean win, but Team Liquid really showed up for their last game of the split, giving them another 3-0 weekend. They look like they're in a good spot going into the playoffs, you know, relatively, you know, um, and i think These last two weeks That they've um, Really Improved And, and grown a lot um, sh- Showing A lot of people The potential That a lot of us Thought they had And, and knew they had um, But just like uh, Against Evil Geniuses Tactical looked off Now he wasn't Bomb diving into The enemy team Mainly because He wasn't on Tristana He was on um, Zaya this game And to be fair 100 Thieves Were making a point Seemingly to go after him um, In these team fights Or just in laning phase But he's still um, will need to be back to his former self to talk about tactical for these playoffs for a team liquid to, um, get into, to, just to get into the finals. I think he, he would have to get to his former self because in a best of five, sure. You can do, in, you know, you can win a best of one, even with one guy kind of being a sloppy or you're know, just kind of off this game, but in a best of five, you kind of need all five plays, you know, to be at near top of their game, you know, um, a really tough game for Someday, um, or, you know, most of the time a rock for his team, but he ended up dying multiple times in the top lane. Never really found his footing in this game, um, which is really interesting for Someday because most of time, I mean, just most of the time he doesn't really die in laning phase. Um, and sometimes even when he does die, he's still able to find his, his niche in that game, but just against you know a pretty formidable opponent in Alfari and overall on Team Liquid, he just wasn't really able to get back into this game. And I think for hundred thieves, they really rely on someday, maybe not always being the carry, but always being reliable to show up for those team fights, in those late game scenarios to be useful for the team. Um, you know, they, they try hundred thieves do try to make some plays around the map, but never find enough for them to you know make up the deficit they were in. Um, not the end the world for 100 Thieves losing to a team like Team Liquid. Um, it would have been different if they had lost to C O G or something like that. But in the playoffs, they would need to beat teams like Team Liquid if they want to win. Um, so they just need to honestly just get just get better. Um, overall, a good weekend from Team Liquid to close out the regular season. Looking for more or less going in the right, right direction for playoffs. 100 Thieves would need to prove a lot over a short amount of time to compete in these best of fives coming up um okay next game we have evil geniuses versus clg what a game between these two teams i mean one one team out of the playoffs one team in the playoffs but watching this game you probably couldn't really tell me which which team was in or out of the playoffs um you know these two teams really went back and forth throughout this game a lot clg had a, a good grasp on the game for at the beginning, with Finn doing some good work on Irelia up in the top lane against Impact, COG then start to you know go for these super risky plays. I, I don't really know why, but COG always kind of finds a way to throw the lead. Um, that's what they did again. You know, going for these risky plays, and Evil Geniuses, being the competent team they are, you know, are able to pounce on these situations and find these kills of their own. Um, pretty much this game boils down to these two teams running around the map finding each other in weird spots and then killing one another Until the late game comes around Um, now probably not the most um, high-caliber Pro LCS League of Legends we want to see or whatever you want to call it Um, But you know that's what this game of boils down to and you know once in a while seeing these type of games are fun from a fan's standpoint now if we saw These games every two games in the LCS now, I'd be a little bit worried about the overall overall league but you know once in a while a game like this just overall in pro league it is fun to watch um but you know once these two team fights do i mean once these two teams do start fighting this late game um Jizuke was really big on this rise you know of course the late game rise you know should be doing a lot but you know I mean, he was popping off in multiple fights doing 8k plus damage in these fights um in the end, Evil Geniuses, you know, do find the win. Overall, another great game to showcase just how, in one game, just in one game, Evil Geniuses can flip flop from being a bad team to an okay team. Um, and I would be kind of surprised to see Evil Geniuses to make a, a lot of noise in the playoffs. But once again, we'll we'll talk about that pretty shortly now because we're almost done with the whole weekend. Um, speaking of almost done, here's the last game of the weekend. And now, unlike. Friday and Saturday, I actually did watch the last game of um, Sunday because, you know, they, it had a playoff contender. It had uh, our number one seed. It had Cloud9 versus Immortals. And uh, before this game started, it was pretty funny. Like, people, um, teams and everyone on Twitter is pretty much tweeting at Cloud9 to just, like, run it down in, in against Immortals because then we had had a three-way tie for first place. But sadly, we did not get that. Cloud9 did win a long game. Um, that, you know, for the first 25 minutes, nothing really happened. So it's similar, very similar to another game Cloud9 had, maybe just a bit more, um, passive than even before. This might sound like Cloud9 did something wrong, you know, not really doing a lot, but not really, um, just like before, you know, well, in this game, you know, they had a scaling comp, so they knew they shouldn't go for the super aggressive plays in this other game because they had a Tristana and an Oriana, so... They knew, especially against a team like Immortals, let's be honest, they knew they could get to the late game, they were probably going to be able just to outperform Immortals and that's what happened. You know, there was about two team fights in this whole game and Cloud9 won both. Um, A pretty slow calculated game by Cloud9, which is, you know, kind of odd from seeing from them like we talked about before, but it is nice to see that they can win a Juventus game without having to hard stomp in the early parts of the game. I think just showing a little bit more growth um, in the you know, adaptability from Cloud9 um, will really help them, I think, in those playoff specified scenarios. Overall, I think Cloud9 finished the split looking pretty close to the week two, three, Cloud9. You know, they had a kind of a slump where they had that three-game losing streak. Now, too, I think they ended, like, four or five losses, so they still had a very good... Uh, spring split, I mean, heck, they got split, so I'm not trying to say they, they were bad overall or anything like that, but um, but they definitely aren't gods anymore, but I still believe they are the top of the food chain in the LCS. And that is the end of all 15 games, even though I skipped one or two but um, uh, of the last weekend, so you know, let's just all just catch our breath. I've been talking pretty fast for this last, I don't know, I don't know, how, I'm not even looking at the time right now, probably 20, uh, 25 minutes, so let's just catch my My breath, your breath, everyone's breath. It's just... (sighs) Okay. Alright. So let's move on to Players of the Week and also my MVP voting. So let's do Players of the Week first. I have Power of Evil. um, I think deserves it pretty... Maybe not the most flashy of weeks, but I think he showed, especially in, in one of their games just the carry potential, and uh, on Azir, who, you know, a lot of people, I mean, he was nerfed, and a lot of people were like, oh, probably not going to be playing in LCS a lot, but it actually got played pretty frequently um, throughout the weekend. And so, not while well, it's not shocking to see him do well on Azir, I think it is good to see for himself and for TSM overall that one of these players is kind of stepping up closer to the to playoffs to kind of be... That main carry for the team. I don't think this team needs to rely or or will rely on just one particular carry. Like a hundred thieves relies on FBI um, to be that one real big carry in these team fights. You know, Power of Evil, of course, would probably be the leader. But I think also lost. Um, I mean, Heck, even lost in some of the some of the games early in the split has carried by himself. Um, so. I, just, I I wanna give props to Power V, but I don't think I've given him player of the week so far and yeah, he definitely deserved one this week. Uh, now my next one is a bit maybe a bit questionable. I did give it to Neo. Um His team did go one and two and mainly the only reason I gave it to him maybe I should have gave maybe I should just make it Ding Toss, Ding Toss's bot lane just for that one um team fight against FlyQuest, and making them not go 0 three. And I think that's pretty important for them not to go 0 three. I've said it many times on this you know podcast before that it really matters how a team ends a week. And for them, it's ending a week and ending their regular season for them. So I think it is pretty impactful. While sure it's not the way they wanted to win, they did end their season on a win. Going into the playoffs probably helps um, their confidence a little more than, you know, coming into playoffs coming off a of 3 weekend. Would probably not feel too great, I would imagine. Um... Now, another one, uh, Afari. Now, he did get Player of the Week, so I, I just kind of had to mention him. Not very fair to really give to... I try, not, I try to avoid to actually give to players of Players of the Week unless they really deserve it. Most times, they really do, but you know what I mean. Um, it's, it's a little bit more fun to see, to give some honorable mentions for Players of the Week, I should say. Um, but someone on his team that also did very well is Santorin, the jungler. And, I mean, look most of the time just looking at the stats can not show you the whole story but this guy did go 13-1 in 26 throughout you know the whole weekend so i mean you know that's pretty good for for almost anybody um in one in one weekend uh, of LCS so i also had to give him some props for just you know i mean and it's not like it's out of the ordinary or unexpected from Santorum, but I just think at the level he, he did it this weekend for his team and helping them get that 3 0, um, you know, I just he deserves some credit, okay? Alright, so let's go into MVP talk now. This will be interesting, okay? Now, there's been a talk, there's a lot, of, you know, I think a lot of people recently have not wanted, especially fans, have not wanted to give it to Blabber, the MVP. But, I mean, look, Blabber is the right pick. If you look at the whole split, you can't look at the last, like, two weeks because, you know, the the award's not for the last two weeks of the split. The, the award is for the most valuable player throughout the whole split. And so, I mean, just looking at the whole body of work, Blabber was the most valuable player um, for his team throughout the whole split. I mean, he was hard smurfing for most of the split and even the weeks that kind of struggled it's not like he was like actually like the worst jungler just that he wasn't playing at the same caliber he was in those earliest weeks and now playing at that kind of level is hard to maintain for anybody you know even the fakers of the world and stuff like that it's hard to play at such high level for you know weeks on weeks on weeks so him coming down to a little bit more of a reality standpoint um for you know I wouldn't even say two full weeks, maybe like a half, week and a half. Um, it is okay for him? But he definitely the right pick for MVP. Um, now you'd be like, Sean, that was kind of boring MVP. And I do, once again, have some honorable mentions for MVP that, you know, I think there are definitely, I think there's one play you, if anyone's going to pick another player, I think it would be Dardok. I think that's the, probably the best case. Now, some, some people might say Alfari, but I don't know if he's the, the most valuable player um because that's what the award is it's not the guy who's getting the most kills it's the most valuable player and i think one of the most valuable players if not the most valuable player and for our team is Dardock for thing and toss i mean they rely on him so much to do you know a lot for for, for the team in the early stages and throughout the whole game you know i mean we've seen Dardock in the past be able to carry some of these games with other teams but this but he's just been more consistent in being that carry force team and the games we've seen Dignitas not win is games where you know Dingtos is playing things like Uda where he's not at um he can't do as much in, in the early stages and that's where Dignitas kind of has fallen in, in some of their losses where they don't have that you know built in lead for these team fights. Like I said before, you know it just it doesn't really matter how good you are at team fighting if you're down 10k. Um, you know once you get to these team fights. So Darlok might have done the most for his team, but I mean still Blabber's the right pick. But Darlok's probably the second um, best argument I think for MVP. And honestly, I wouldn't be too mad if he got it once again. I've been rooting for D- Toss so I'm a bit biased, but um, I definitely. Uh, Out of all the players, it would be Blabber for me. Of course, I wouldn't be mad if Blabber got it, and then I wouldn't be mad if Dardar got it. I would kind of be mad if anyone else got it. I mean, I guess maybe Alfari, but I don't know. I I just don't think he deserves MVP. Now, of course, he deserves, you know, first team all LCS, um, but I just don't think he deserves MVP for this split. And then some other, you know, I do have some other (laughs) names written down, but these are... Not really serious contenders, but you know, just more honorable mentions. Um, FBI now, like I said, the whole split award. Now, he did have some, you know, he, he was pretty good throughout the whole split, but these last two weeks. Now, I know I'm using counter logic gaming, no, just counter logic, um, you know, in presenting FBI. But once I said it once again, I, I wouldn't ever really see him as an MVP, but he has filled that role that that carry for. 100 Thieves you know they they switch up the mid laners some days kind of not living up to the the carry potential that he himself probably wants and 100 Thieves wants but FBI has really stepped into that role now, of course it's not just FBI I think FBI and who he has been um, one of the best duo lanes throughout the whole season but just in the last two weeks FBI has really really stepped up in that, in that big carry role for 100 Thieves and probably is one of the big reasons they are you know top four in in playoffs, um, and then my last one, you know, P- Power Evil. I, you know, I like Power Evil, he's from Unicorns of Love. You know, when Unicorns Love were in the LEC, I really like them Um, but he, you know, he has been a very good, probably the best mid laner I would, I mean, a lot of people. Passively, we'll probably just say perks from from his plane. He has been good throughout the whole split But I think if you really look at it, I think power of evil has been the best mid laner um, in the LCS this split um, He, he does he deserves probably first team, but I wouldn't be too mad if he got second team depending on who Got that first team above him. Um And, and also I actually did write one stat down um, For FBI it's kind of crazy FBI, just showing how much he, he's, he's grown into this carry potential, he has the fifth highest kills on average of any player um, in the LCS throughout the whole split. So, you know, that is pretty... I don't think a lot of people would guess that um, for FBI, but he, he's really stepped up throughout this split. And, you know, he, he was showing it last split, you know, so it's good to see him continue to grow at, as a player um, in the LCS. Now, I'm still going to... The next segment is you know, team spotlights. I always do this, but I think I'm not going to really go into depth a lot because I want to, you know, really end the show with playoffs, and that's what I'm going to really talk about. So I'm not going to really cover team spotlight or games to watch next weekend because games to watch next weekend are the two playoff um, matchups. So, but I did want at least mention a team spotlight, which will be Team Liquid. You know, they did go three zero this week. I will pick a team that actually did good. You know, they they beat a pretty. Good teams overall here. They beat Dantas, Evil Geniuses, and hundred thieves. All three teams in the playoffs. So pretty good weekend for Team Liquid overall. And don't worry, don't worry. We'll talk about Team Liquid because we're t- right we're about. Wow, well, my mind is my mind's all over the place right now. We're about to talk about playoffs, so let's just jump into that right now. Um. So on Saturday, we have. TSM versus Team Liquid, and TSM is the second seed, and Team Liquid is that third seed. And then on Sunday we have Cloud9 versus 100 Thieves. Of course, Cloud9 is first seed, and then 100 Thieves is fourth seed. And then in two weekends we have um, Evil Geniuses, you know, in that loser bracket, waiting on that sixth spot. Um, you know, waiting for the loser of the second match. Um, and then Dignitas at the fifth spot is waiting for the loser of the first match, and the first match, which is kind of weird, the first match is Cloud9 versus 100 Thieves, even though it's the one on Sunday, so they'll probably most likely, you know, um, be facing 100 Thieves, Um, and then Evil Geniuses, of course, is waiting on either TSM versus Team Liquid, so really this week, I'm just going to be talking about the the actual two matchups we have to talk about, because, you know, I could project into you know two weeks into the future, but trust me, this is enough to, to talk about these two maps matchups alone to probably cover the rest of the podcast. So let's just jump into it. So first one I want to talk about is a hundred, uh, yeah, hundred thieves versus Cloud Nine. Now of course it's a best of five, so you know I'm taking Cloud Nine wins three one. In this matchup now let's kind of break it down How I, you know kind of look at these these matchups is I like break it down at first between each lane so let's look at each lane and kind of deem who I think are going to be the overall uh, winners or advantage leaders in these matchups so at first we have Someday versus Fudge now I mean it's gonna be hard not to pick Someday even though he has been kind of slipping a little bit in his last two weeks I, I do think against a player like fudge now i don't think fudge is the you know the worst top laner in the lcs or anything like that but you know just from what we've seen from these two someday should be able to find these advantages um now it will be interesting to see how blabber impacts the lane but right now i'm just kind of looking at the the 1v1 matchups um so i i'm picking someday to have that advantage for 100 thieves um, I do think it's probably a little bit closer than most people would think um, just because like I said before someday um, not really being himself for the last couple weeks and then the next the next matchup is of course that jungle blabber versus closer I do think you know two of the better junglers now but they also are kind of polar opposite to each other because blabber of course you know likes to go for these aggressive, you know, early game plays, you know, always looking out for these kills, always looking for these dives on, on um, for his lanes and things like that. And close on the other hand, for throughout most of the split, has been really objective, um, conscience in that early game, you know, looking for, um, you know, stacking these dragons up for his team. And of course, most of the time, it's successful for them. But I, of course, cannot, I could, I mean, I, I had to give it to Blabber, the advantage given. Mean, the most likely MVP of the LCS, I have to give to him in this matchup in the next one we have Perks versus Ryoma I put Ryoma slash Damonte because you know we could see Damonte if, if it goes bad for 100 Thieves like if I've been thinking about it, like if 100 Thieves goes down 0-2 most likely they're going to start Ryoma so let's assume they start Ryoma for those first two games they go down 0-2 do they pull in Damonte to see if he kind of can give them a different you know Um, boost of confidence or just a different perspective or something like that I I think as a real possibility now is that fair Damante? I don't know um would Damante still take that um kind of um role given to him I I think so because most players want you know to to prove themselves and have that confidence and I think Damante is one of the players that have that confidence in himself to you know reverse even against a cloud nine um but in in this matchup, even though it's two v one, I still give it to Perks because um, I mean, look, he's still uh, one of the best, if not the best mid laner in the LCS. Um, and I I don't really see just in this one v one matchup, which I'm kind of trying to look at right now, um, in this one v one matchup, I don't really see how Ryoma and or Damante really takes takes it to Perks, um, even if they have a a lane advantage. I, I think Perks could still come out on top on that and should come out on top just with the caliber of player he has been in the past and in the eu and at worlds and all that you know blah 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 whatever okay so let's move on to adc we have fbi versus uh sven i give it fbi now i'm not saying that sven is uh you know a bad adc or anything and I think the more casual fan, you know, just looking at these two players would pick Sven. But if you really look at it, um, especially right now, how these two players are going into the playoffs, um, I have to give it to FBI. I mean, FBI is performing, I think right now, just at a little better level than his counterpart at, um, at Cloud9. Um, now, of course, that bot lane is not just a 1v1. We have the, the support. And, uh, and of course, we have Vulcan versus Hoohy. and I do give to Vulcan, even though Hoohy has been really good this year. Um, a little note I have beside this one It's probably the closest one of these matchups to really choose from. So it's kind of a coin flip, I think, on that day or in between games, it could be that coin flip. Um, and and for overall this this overall bot lane, I I still do think I give it over 200 thieves because they have been a really consistently um, good. 2v2 bot lane. Now, of course, Carne is is no slouches, so but it, it would be really interesting to see how how this bot lane um comes to fruition in this matchup. Now, hopefully, we don't have anything. I mean, maybe one or two games, but hopefully, in most of these games, these these uh, these bot lanes are trying to kill each other and not just trying to farm up. Now, of course, it depends on if they're just playing something that's scaling or, or more early game aggressive. It just kind of all depends on that. But hopefully, it, it's a good matchup down there. Now. With this matchup after that, you know, uh, if you want to just look at what roles I gave it. So I gave 100 Thieves two of advantage. I gave them the top lane and the ADC. And then with Cloud9 I gave them jungle, mid lane, and support. So overall, Kanaan would win that 3-2 and just in those kind of like 1v1 um, matchups. But now let's look at some keys to winning for each team, which I think probably the most important thing to look at. See how these two teams... You know, need to come out and perform in this matchup between each other. So the keys to winning for Cloud Nine, I think, first off, playing their game. I know I think sometimes some teams in the past in the playoffs have kind of found themselves not playing their own game when once they get the playoffs. But the right decision is to hone your craft of how your team wants to play, and then, you know, kind of perfecting that in the playoffs to really, you know, give your team the best chance of winning. Now, I'm not saying, of course, we've had showings of, you know, teams picking up, you know, picks we haven't seen before, but they've also been working on those in secret. Um, but Cloud9 playing their game, you know, playing mainly that, that early game focus, that early game pressure from Blabber, um, I think is what Cloud9 you not just in this matchup, but for the whole playoffs. And then, you know, Blaber, you know, being at his MVP caliber for this matchup, really important for, for them. Maybe I don't really think he'll be at, like, the highest level. I mean, I, to fair, whoever is playing like, at that peak level. I mean, very rarely do we do we actually see that. Um, most times we see that in a national tournament when, you know, players are really focused and really turned on um, to um, – Compete and, and things like that. But you know, Blaber needs to, you know, be that, that, that strong early game focal point for his team that they, you know, they they can rely on. You know, he's he's going around the map. He, he's What's crazy about him is not that he, you know, just gets all these kills and all this lane pressure for, for his laners. But he's also farming at the same. Like, I don't know. Maybe he just, like, warps time. But he's still finding times to, like, stay even or even have a, an advantage against the other um, jungler but then also still gank-like every two minutes. So it's insane how Blabber um, is performing right now and has been performing um, throughout this whole split. Um, they still need to play aggressive in the early stages, like I said before, um, then pushing their leads and suffocating 100 Thieves out of resources um, and not letting these games just come down to late-game team fighting. Well, I don't think Cloud9 is you know any slouch at late-game team fighting. They're very capable at it I mean, in, in those late-game decision-makings. You know, they have a lot of experience on this team, so I think... If it came to that, I'm not saying they would automatically lose, just just like that um, that matchup with Dignitas and FlyQuest. You know, FlyQuest was, was winning most of that game, but you get into one late-game team fight where, you know, one Alistar finds a really good window on your backline, and they just instantly get your backline, and you lose that game. I'm well, sure that's the best of one, but that could be the fifth game of this matchup where who he just finds a really good encounter on rail or Alistar or whoever he's playing, and then FBI roam and everyone else just comes in and kills, you know, Cloud9. Um, would be a really hard way to lose a matchup. So not not letting um, most of these games get to that point where um, FBI is probably playing a Tristana or a later game um, ADC where he you know he has the potential to be that late game carry for his team. And I think he's very capable if he's putting those scenarios to be able to carry. So I just don't, I think Cloud9 should try to avoid um, those, those kind of scenarios against this opponent. And then I think also putting Fudge on more uh, tanky things. You know, we've seen Cloud9 try to put him on, you know, things like the game plate and, uh, and whatnot. And it hasn't been, you know, doom and gloom. But I think against a, a player like Someday, he needs to be playing something like a NAR or a Gregg is something that, you know, Might lose lane, but hopefully not like, you know, 0-5 lane, maybe just down like 15 or 20 CS. I I think uh, those type of champions can still be viable and useful later in the later parts of the game for Cloud9. Uh, now, of course, it also depends on how much Blabber wants to go top lane. We, we've seen him actually go top lane a pretty good amount of times. You know, um, also just kind of want an easy lane to, uh, keep on ganking, especially when he gets those summoners out. Um, it's a pretty long lane and, and things like that. Um, but yeah, someday, I mean, Cloudine should put Fudge on, um, probably just Gragas and, and whatever. Um, so let's look at the keys to winning for 100 Thieves. Uh. First, one I have right now, probably the most important one, is throwing Blabber off his game. So, not letting Blabber have his MVP caliber moments, I think, is going to be extremely important for 100 Thieves in this matchup. Um, if they can get a Blabber that is more down to a mortal level, I think then 100 Thieves has a pretty good chance of coming out on top in this best of five. It's just, one I've already talked about you know, it's very, it's going to heavily rely on how closer plays his iller game i mean of course he's still going to probably uh, prioritize those early game event avan- uh, map control and uh, dragon control and whatnot but we even saw in this last week which what i am hopeful for close but we you know we saw in this last week where he was still getting you know these early dragons but it was also getting he would get early dragon and then gank or gank and then get a dragon you know um i think that's what he's going to need to do It's either gank or counter gank is probably the the more important thing and the more thing, the thing we've seen Closer do more often throughout the whole split is a accounting ganking um, style. Where well, he's not the first jungler there, but you know he he's there to relieve some of that pressure and sometimes even turn the the fight around on the opponent. So kind of just throwing blabber off his off his rhythm is going to be very important for 100 thieves. Um, Next, I have letting FBI farm up on his ADC of you know Tristana, uh, Honestly, whoever, um, maybe like a Callista. Uh, we're not seeing a lot of Caitlin right now, but Caitlyn could be a possibility if if the champion pools are, you know, um, <clears throat> banned away or put that put down that low. But letting FBI, you know, farm up and probably play make plays around his ha- uh, his side of the map wherever he is, you know, bot side or top side, and giving him you know more of that solo plate gold just try i think just try to do as much as you can to get him as much gold as and as fast as you can now it would be interesting to see how cloud 9 plays around this Does blaber go down bot lane more to you know set up a tent against fbi cuz i think if if they can get fbi in a situation where he's like 0304 at you know 15 minutes or 20 minutes then you know that game or this the whole series could look really doom and gloom for a hundred thieves. Um so, you know, that's another aspect for um cloud nine. <laughs> I should probably should have put it in their notes, but you know, for cloud nine another key to winning is probably, you know, keeping FBI um, you know, down in the gold and um in the kills. Probably not too bad for them. Um and then you know making cloud nine uncomfortable in the early stage of the game. I kind of talked about this about Blabber, but just the whole overall team, you know, if you can make the whole overall team feel a little bit more uncomfortable in the early stages because I think Cloud9, while they have shown games where they don't need, you know, these strong leads, um, I you know, in, in the Specified, they're going to at least do it at one or two times in the game where they are going for, you know, um, these super aggressive plays, not aggressive, but these super proactive plays in, in the early game um, against 100 Thieves. Um, so another one, you know, is making a hundred thieves, I mean, making cloud nine play that different style of, of, um, of league of legends where they don't have, you know, that four or five K gold lead coming into that mid game with them playing more of that, um, passive or, or late game scaling team fighting, I think <clears throat> could be very successful. hundred thieves, um, or making or if if they can you know making them play from behind i don't think cloud nine just with a lot of teams in the, in the past that have um a lot of dominant success in the regular season you know a lot of times they're not playing from behind so while they're really good teams in some of these games where they do fall behind they can kind of look out of the sorts because they, they just don't in the scrims they're never behind and on stage games they're never behind so it's, um, it is a little bit different of a feeling when you're behind 2 or 3k gold than when you're most of the time you're up 2 or 3k gold on your opponent. Um, and then, you know, closer um, focusing the map objectives, he's going to do that, but still keep on doing that, and then keeping tabs on Blackbird's movements. I think, um, I, you know, I've, I, I've talked about a lot, but I think this best five will depend about, a lot about how these junglers move around the map and how they um engage with you know these with these laners um throughout these 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 games so overall should be a good matchup um like I said before I have Cloud9 winning that 3-1 I don't think 100 Thieves will be able to um push this to game 5 maybe I should give a reason why I picked Cloud9 you know I've given them I've given keys to winning for both sides so maybe I should say why i should win well like i like i said before you know i think blabber will have a significant um uh, advantage over closer i just don't while we have seen it recently from closer um in this last week where <coughs> he's going for more of these games i i think you know in in the playoffs you know things are a little bit more tense so he might be going back to what he's more comfortable on you know just um playing for you know farming up and, and getting these mountains or uh, getting these dragons for his team. And then Blaber, you know, will be kind of left to, you know, kind of run around the map and do whatever. Um, and especially if Blabber runs topside where he someday has been struggling recently and, you know, can put him far behind, um, I, I think will spell a lot of trouble for 100 Thieves. Um, and I think... Look, if I'm seeing that, I think, you know, of course, Cloud9 and their coaching staff seeing that. I I think they'll also put a a lot of focus down on this bot lane um, against 100 Thieves because, look, if I'm I'm seeing that FBI is the big carry for this team right now, then um, LCS coaching staffs are seeing, right? So, you know... Not just, you know, not just fiber coming down, but, you know, Perks or, or Fudge coming down with TPs to make some plays in this bot lane, or just, you know, Sven and Vulcan making plays for themselves in this 2v2, I think will be very important. I do think Kleinine will be able to take those um type of advantages for themselves, and, and <clears throat> not in every game, but, you know, in, in at least three of these games, so we'll find a way to put FBI in more of an uncomfortable position where he's not just, you know, let being able to farm up and be able to get these solo plates and be able to, and I think gonna make him work more, you know, try to make him, um, you know, W forward for Anshashan to, you know, get some advantages, you know, not just kind of give them over passively to him um, will, will be, I think, a big focus point for this Cloud9 team. And also, you know, if we're just looking overall, um, 100 Thieves, well, overall, have been pretty good. And I don't think they're the same caliber as um, Evil Geniuses. I don't think they're as flip-corny, as flip-flop, as Evil Geniuses. But we have seen, um, you know, one weekend, 100 Thieves looks like a super clean team, you know, making all the right plays. And then the next weekend, we see the other side of 100 Thieves where, you know, just nothing's really going right for them. And while Cloud9 did have, you know, a week and a half, I would say, of some questionable games... <clears throat> Overall, for the whole split, split wow. Overall, for the whole split, you know, Cloud Nine has been very consistent, and I think that's what you really need in these best of fives. Consistency is the key in in these playoffs, and I think just overall, Cloud Nine is just more consistent than Hundred Thieves in their play. So I, I think you know, that's why they will come out with the three one victory against a hundred thieves. Okay, so let's move on to TSM versus Team Liquid now. I think this one will be. A lot closer of a matchup um, with these two teams and I think yeah I, I didn't think I was gonna talk that much about cloud nine versus 100 Thieves, but I think there's even more to talk about TSM versus team liquid um, so like before I'll go down the the rosters and kind of see where I, I see each advantage from each team. So we have Afari versus Hooney. You know, of course, Afari for Team Liquid, Hooney for TSM. Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's hard not to give the advantage to Alfari. He He's the best top player by far in the LCS. And also Hooney, um, th- these are also just two players that are fill different roles for their teams. Alfari is definitely um, enabled by his team to be more of a carry style um, player. And Huni, you know, in the past he's he's been uh, on many teams who have enabled him to be a carry. But I think now on this TM, TSM team, he you know he's playing things more like the NAR and also playing more of the weak side than he's probably ever played in his professional um, life. But you know now he's playing most of the games on that weak side, so he's finding how to, um, you know, not fall so far behind that he's. He he's uses in these late game fights or, or these mid game scenarios and things like that, but in this one v one, you have to get to uh, you have to get to Afari, uh, moving to the jungle. We have, um, Centaurian and Spica. Uh, now I think this one is you know pretty pretty close, uh, but I have to give Centaurian. He he he's been super <coughs> consistent for the team you know for the most part every every player in every team has a bad uh, game or you know, or even a weekend. But just with how Santorin has been playing throughout the whole split, um, I mean, I have to give the, the jungle advantage to Santorin. I just don't think it's um, as big of a gap as some people might think it is. Uh, moving to the mid lane, we have Power of Evil versus Jensen. Um, TSM's you know, first uh, favorable matchup, I think. I think Power of Evil should... Most of the time, be able to take that 1v1 advantage versus Jensen. Now, they do play a very similar style where they do both play more, um, you know, mage, enchanter, casters, and things like that. But um, still, now Jensen, I won't say underwhelming, but just not the focal point, I would say, of this team anymore or in the split. And so maybe he's just had the more quieter split, but that does not, you know, mean, if you look at his stats, so honestly not that... Too, I mean, they're a little down, but they're not too much different from um his past splits beforehand. But, you know, just just with how power people is, is playing right now, I have to give it to him. <laughs> and then losses and versus tactical. Now, some people might um, question me on this, but for right now, going into playoffs, I have to give it to the loss. Because, um you know, we've just seen some questionable play from tactical. Now, I'm not, not saying that he's not capable uh, of cleaning it up, but, you know, I kind of have to see it before I, I will believe it. And so, you know, right now in this 1v1, I will I will give it a lost. Now, like before in the previous matchup, you know, the bot line is not just ADCs. We have Sword Art versus Core JJ, And I actually could not decide. Now, I said the other one might be flip-flop, but, like, this one actually might just be a coin flip, like, every game. Like, I, I Sword Art has really grown throughout the season, um, and I think Core JJ has been pretty consistent, um throughout the season maybe he's a little bit better beforehand um in that locking and, and whatnot <clears throat> but that's just kind of speaking more on team liquid's overall bot lane performance um, he's definitely not i don't think falling off but i don't think has grown as much as sword has, has grown and maybe sort had more to grow you know coming from, um just coming into the ocs and whatnot but i think now right now sword Art is playing at a pretty strong level um <clears throat> for his team, and so is Kordede. They kind of fill different roles. You know, Day roams a little bit more than Sword Art, um, so he leaves Tactical on his own a little bit more. Sword Art is still staying bot lane with, with loss uh, more often than not, so it'll be interesting, but I really couldn't take uh, um, either, or, either or of them um, <clears throat> in a significant favorable uh, way or not. Okay, so let's move on to keys to winning for each of these teams. Um, so let's start with uh, TSM. Their keys to winning this best of five. So first of all, this uh, you know they need to make sure Huni, while most likely going to live on uh, island in the top lane, doesn't get too far behind uh, where he's you know useless later in, in the game. You know <clears throat> if they see a, uh, a potential dive coming they need to rotate more top side you know if that's speaker roaming top side or if that's you know power evil tp'ing up there earlier to help either turn the the play in their advantage or dissuade team liquid from um, making any of those type of plays in the first place so, you know just because someone tp's top and while they see a team coming in and then they the the, the other team disengages you that's still a useful tp or might not feel the most impactful um it still dissuades you know any potential play they were going to make so i think they needed to do that uh, a little better for hooney because i think sometimes they do to kind of leave them up there on alone and just kind of say oh you know just survive and you know we'll, we'll come up there um, later, or you know, just come down for the team fight, you'll be fine. You're, you're playing sino or something like that, but especially against a player like Alfari who can run away with a big lead and take over a game. I think TSM needs to focus a little bit more on making sure Hooney um, doesn't get too far behind. And not saying you're know, just in that 1v1 he, he won't be capable, but, but most likely they're going to put him in a, uh, uh, a disadvantageous position just with the matchup he's going to get. He's probably going to be one of the tanks for the team, and so. Um, And you assume Alfari is going to be um, probably something on more of a a carry, like a Camille or something like that, who who could really push Hooney down um, in in that top lane by himself. I also think Power of Evil will really need to keep on playing at this high level that we've been seeing, especially this last week or the last couple weeks. Uh, I think he's feeling... um, you know, that main carry role. Now, I don't think like other teams, like, uh, for instance, 100 Thieves, he is the only carry potential. I think Lost has shown throughout the split that he can be a reliable carry for his team. And um, so I don't think TSM is solely dependent on Power if you know, coming into this team and just really, really doing it for all. But I think um, <clears throat> against overall, the all-team liquid like Powerbubble is going to be needing to play, you know, at peak power evil potential and i think he he's right now looking you know he, he's looking like he's gearing up for something like that and also having a coach in Bjergsen who himself has played um mid lane for, for many many years will probably help him in this uh, best of five scenario I, I can only imagine it is a an advantage to power of Evil having Bjergsen in you know going into the playoffs um and then also you know moving around the map making plays um for Pavio, you know, most of the time, throughout you know last couple of years and whatnot, most people would think of Pavio just kind of guy who sits in, in, in the mid lane and will farm up and be a really reliable carry for you in that late game. But recently, you know, we've seen him move around the map, he's making these plays with the T uh, TP and, and things like that, and um, and and then also being that big team fight carry for the team, so he's shown that he can be a little bit more versatile and maybe that's something he, he's kind of not just like learned from Bjergsen but kind of improved with Bjergsen's help. Uh, also Lost in Sword art I think should be pretty equal to the team liquid bot lane we've seen recently if the if that form of the team liquid bot lane comes into the playoffs I think the Lost in Sword art should be more than capable in some of these games to find advantages for themselves. And also, Lost has proved in some of these games, like I said before, he could be a carry for this team when it need, need be. Um, so let's go to uh, some keys to winning for Team Liquid. You know, they you know, they kind of had a problem throughout this whole split. Now, starting off, keys to winning with a problem is hard, probably not the best thing, but I, th- I think I'm going to show you what, what I'm talking about. So yeah, like I said, th- they've had a problem throughout this whole split, not really seeming like they're on the same page most of the time. Um, so I threw out... I think the last you know week I guess that three week they are becoming more of a unit now of course you know some of these players are still fairly new to the team so it you know it takes maybe sometimes a whole split um, to find really what everyone's role is in a team or you know make sure everyone's on the same page throughout the whole whole game because um, for some of the split this kind of just looked like the uh, five gifted players on one team and most of the time, they just kind of wing because they're five gifted players. But when they can become a, a cohesive unit uh, more consistently, I think that's when Team Liquid can really make a big leap in their play. Um, and then, like I said before many times throughout this podcast, probably too many times than you care to hear, but Tactical needs to shore up his play and, you know, has been aggressive in the games recently and hasn't been paying off. It does kind of remind me of when Darduk from last split, where he was um, going for these super risky plays for minimal gains, and most of the time he wasn't even getting those minimal gains from it. So that kind of, you know, what it when when tactical was tristan a w and n for some of these plays. They kind of remind me of uh, dar from last split. Um, on the same note, you know, just the bot lane needs to look more dominant, um, like they were in the earlier split and especially in that lock in tournament, They they kind of um, I don't want to say have regressed, but just aren't that 2v2 dominant lane that you know, that we expected they were going to be throughout the whole split. Now, CoreJJ is still you know, running around the map and anything like that and still making plays <clears throat> for the team. But I just think um, Team Liquid, especially against the, the bot lane they're going up against, but I don't think Lost and Sora are the best um, 2v2 laners. I, I don't think they're anything to slouch at and should be able uh, to... Uh, if given the the chances to, you know, push advantages against their lane opponents, are those type of players that can push those advantages um, in a significant manner for their team? Um, actually, you know, I don't think I have even said who I, I want to win or who I think is going to win this matchup. Um, I I have Team Liquid winning three two, so I of course have it going. Uh, all five games. And I think it's going to be a pretty close game. Um, a <clears throat> pretty close series. I don't really expect too many of these games going to be w- super one-sided. I think there's going to be a lot of back and forth. Between just um, just one game itself. Um, the reason overall I am giving it to Team Liquid. Is I mean Alfari is playing at an insane level right now. Um, so I think he will. Most of these games, be able to find a pretty significant um, lead for himself, and even with even if TSM does try to come up there, you know we've we've seen plenty of times Santorin um, and Gordede, the willingness to um, come up to top lane to help him either sustain a, a gold lead or or make a goalie for him or push his gold lead further. Um, so Afari is a really big focal point for Team Liquid, and I think. Um, in some of these games in the split has shown the carry potential, uh, for himself. And I don't think Cooney is any slouch in the top lane, but I think Afari will be able to take, um, a pretty sizable lead in this matchup for himself. Um, and then now this is kind of speculation on my point, but I do think tactical and core will, uh, go, maybe not, you know, the caliber they were playing at, but, uh, be more of their old selves in this matchup. You know, I think this week, uh, Jat and the rest of the coaching staffs and just the players themselves, you know, they do have a lot of experience on this team. Um, I think we'll be able to kind of pinpoint what they've been doing. I think also Tactical knows. I mean, he made fun. Of, um, I forget which game it was, but he did hover Malphite one game, kind of in the The his tendencies in, in this last week uh, of his Testrano play. So I think in uh, the playoffs, you'll probably be a little bit more reserved in, in those type of aggressive plays, um, and you know if if both bot lanes are at their at peak performances, I I would take Tactical and Core JJ, uh in that two v two. Now, of course, not every time they're going to fight is that in that two v two, but I I do think Tactical um, probably has the higher potential to. to, to be a better carry for Team Liquid than Loss can be for TSM, if that makes any sense. And then, you know, um, Jensen, unlike um, a lot of players throughout the split, he, he, I mean, sure, he has some down games, but I can't remember too many games where he's just been, like, god-awful in in these games for Team Liquid. So he's been really consistent for this team throughout most of the split, and I think that's just going to kind of... Continue in the playoffs and and to be fair, uh, I forget what game it was right off the top of my head in the last week, but he did have a very good performance um, on a zero, even though even though he he was nerfed apparently, um, but he, he did have a very good strong performance on his zero, kind of showing that hey look you know I'm still uh, you know a first second team caliber player and all that kind of stuff. So don't, don't forget about me is what I think Jitsin kind of said with that performance, but. I would not be surprised if uh, TSM one three two or anything like that. Now I would be surprised if if either of these teams, you know, like got a three zero or honestly even if this series didn't go five games. Like I, I'm pretty sure no matter who wins this game, the series is going to go five games just because. I mean, you know, the the two three is the closest matchup we're going to get a uh, seeding wise throughout the whole playoffs. So um, I I expect to be a very fun time um for everyone to watch so if you're going to watch one if you only if if you only have time to watch one of these matchups i would watch tsm versus team liquid now watch me be completely ro- completely wrong tsm like three is old, team liquid or something and then cloud nine and hundred thieves goes all the way and, and they're bestified but either way it should be a very fun weekend of um playoffs thank you for everyone <clears throat> listening this week let's see how long this this one is oh i'm at a one hour and 26 minutes that is a long time to talk to yourself or um or and listen to yourself talk um and, and my throat right now is is um going out on me so uh, once again thank you if uh, if, you, if you if you made it this far into the into this episode thank you so much I, I'm super excited to watch the playoffs and you know I have I have some um, guests that, that should come on and um and whatnot for the for the playoffs and then move into MSI. I'm really excited to see um the NA team or whoever it is go to MSI. Um first of all it's gonna be in person so it'd be kinda of interesting to see if like a Ding Toss they say a toss gets through and goes to MSI you know they don't have a lot of like in person experience for like just as a five man unit or like Fake God and Celigo. They they don't have a lot of like in person um, or or Neo, um, especially Neo, um, does doesn't have a lot of um, on stage performance. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, if we get a team like Cloud, 9 I'm not too worried about them. They have a lot of on stage experience. Or a team like uh, Team Liquid, or even TSM, um, still has a lot of um, on stage experience. But you know, MSI is um, not not my main concern right now. But thank you. I've always said it, but thank you for listening this week. I will be back next week um, for the second round of playoffs and then also to talk about you know what happened <laughs> with these matchups we, I just talked about. And if you want to follow me, if you don't know where to follow me, um, if you just found this by yourself, you can follow me at um, Sean, that's S-E-A-N, and then two underscores, so um, underscore, underscore, and then um, Brit B-R-I-T-T, and that's at uh, Twitter. That's mainly where I you're going to find me. Um, on social media. So once again, Sean S E A N uh, double underscore, um Britt B R I T T. Um, have a good week, and you know, enjoy watching the playoffs.